0: Hello and welcome to Ararat Baptist Church's midweek service. Even though we can't meet together at the moment, we can still join together in worship, prayer and around God's Word. So we do hope you'll enjoy this short time of worship as we bring our praises to the King of Heaven.
1: This week's service is led by the Reverend Juliet Lloyd.
2: Welcome to the midweek service. Today I'd like us to consider the power of the word. Words. Sometimes there are too many and sometimes too few. And the ones that we do hear, well, they need to be weighed up for truth and worth too, don't they? But all in all, we wouldn't want to live without them. As we approach Advent... When we think of the one who is spoken of as the word of God coming to dwell among us, God's expression of himself, what would it mean to us to really listen? In fact, what would it be like if we listened out for God's voice all the time as he expressed himself through the, throughout the history of his people? The psalmist said, My people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us, so the next generation would know them, and they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in God. Our first song picks up that theme, ancient words ever true, changing me, changing you. The reading is taken from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 to 10. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion beside him on his right stood six leaders, and on his left were seven more. Ezra read open the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them and as he opened it the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thanks be to God. Our reading today features a bit of a crowd. Not very politically correct, you'll be thinking, in this current climate. Actually, we've seen large crowds gathering in all parts of the world on our TV screens lately for all sorts of reasons and they've all been extremely attentive to the words of those that address them. Presidential candidates trying to swing the last few undecided voters and lay hold of the power of the Oval Office for themselves. Black Lives Matter protesters looking to challenge barriers of injustice in response to public outrage at signs of institutional abuse of the minority, the marginalised or the vulnerable. School children led by one forthright and impassioned Scandinavian teen pleading for conservation of the ecology of the planet. And a French president advocating for the protection of teaching of the secularist libertarian principles of his country, saying, we will continue, Professor. We will defend the freedom that you taught so well, even when it's through the use of contentious or offensive materials, according to Islamic fundamentalists. It seems all of those speaking believed the words that they declared might have some profound effect on what those listening thought and therefore how they would go about their future lives. They hoped they would be inspired to realise that this was their identity, the ties that gave them belonging, This was their shared history and experience of life. This was their part to play today and and that was their hope for the future. In fact, almost any gathered assembly of people we've seen on our screens or in the flesh when we've been able to attend such a thing cannot fail to draw some such response. I say almost because I'm guessing that those involved in the illegal gatherings or street revelry we've seen on television in recent days were never intending to be attentive or responsive to any corporate message. And whether you actually agree with the points of view of any of the speakers or scenarios I mentioned earlier, simply by listening to the rhetoric of the candidates and by establishing their history and principles, and by examining the implications of applying their ethics and practices and looking at what happens to the exceptions to their rules, it may actually help, still help establish your own identity because you've allowed it to inform your thinking. Being attentive is actually a win-win situation. But our reading takes us to a particular type of public speaking. The reading of the book of the law to the recently returned exiles from Babylon. Not a book of laws as such, but a book of origins, as it were. Their holy book. But why bring that up? Why read that? Well, I guess it might come from the exiles having a bit of an identity crisis. Who exactly are they? And what are they supposed to be like now they've come back into the homeland. Which doesn't feel much like coming home. Not a lot of milk and honey and and warm welcoming going on here. In fact, it's an alien place to all of them. Just the stuff of the occasional story told round the hearth in exile. We were strangers in a strange land in Babylon. Isn't this supposed to feel different now we've come home? Why is it all such a mess? Why is there such opposition to us? Who is really looking after us? And what hope have we? That's why, in their intention as well, Ezra gathers everybody together. It's a corporate experience. Anybody who could possibly understand is there. He stands on a specially built platform to be seen and heard clearly. No obstacles for those who are short or at the back and no privilege for the inner or front circle. And if that is not enough, he has a whole band of helpers to make sure that the reading is clear and understood by everyone. And he reads to them rather than has them read it for themselves. There's some benefit in listening to the words read out loud, you know. It gives you, the listener, space to think and weigh up ideas without the extra process of deciphering the words themselves that gives you space for ideas and pictures to form in your brain, for your emotions to be moved without your voice breaking. I wonder what it sets up in their minds. Perhaps for each one there's a different word, thought or idea that resonated. That often seems to happen in a group when a few verses of the Bible are read for reflection. A certain word or phrase will speak to your situation or the thing that you're struggling with. And sometimes a completely different thought will come and surprise you. I wonder, was it the enduring characteristics of God or the willfulness and vulnerability of humankind that seemed to repeat cyclically in the stories of their forebears and that they recognized in their own lives? Was that what resonated with them? Whatever it was, It touched a nerve in them and they were visibly moved. And it's not surprising. It is those times when we open ourselves up to the light and healing touch of God that these things happen. It's like opening up a hand to allow someone to remove a splinter. Or speaking out the darkest fears and deepest hurts of our hearts to a close friend for counselling and comfort or handing over our dear child to receive care from a specialist caregiver when we are helpless to provide that care. But at the same time, if you trust the one that you've gone to because of their reputation, their past record, or your relationship with them, that is not the time for mourning, but for celebration and for passing on the goodwill you've received to those who haven't come as prepared as you. But of course we have our origin story of faith too, the Bible, with countless stories of God's people going through many experiences of faith, willfulness and vulnerability as they learn to relate to the ongoing faithfulness, compassion and steadfast love of God. We also have each other's stories, our own and each other's to share. So I simply ask the questions. If you and I were to attentively, reflectively, listen to the reading of those words, intentionally, regularly, as a habit, as a habit, Might they also touch a nerve in us, our mind or our heart to such an extent that we might change our outlook on each new day or might they offer us a new hope for tomorrow? And if you think that the change has helped you, would you be prepared to pass on the goodwill to someone else who hasn't heard about it yet? Who hasn't been as prepared as you? Amen. In light of so many words, let us come in prayer and be still before God. Heavenly Father, source and sustainer of all life, we ask that you breathe your spirit of peace into our troubled hearts and restless minds, so that, being set free of distractions, we may lean closer into our encounter with you. In the quietness, help us to clearly hear and understand what you have to say to us. Hold us in the safety of your tender but firm embrace and overcome our perplexity, our anger and our anxiety until we trust you with this day and are willing to follow you into an unknown future. We pray for a hurting world. We especially pray for physical breath, strength and hope for all who are struggling with Covid or for whom other treatments have been compromised. Lord, grant perseverance, protection, encouragement and grace to all the caregivers. And in this current climate of outspoken political dispute, most particularly in the United States of America, we ask that grace, truth, humility and unity may be seen to prevail. Forbid it, Lord, that anybody may do harm to another, believing that by doing so they might please you or progress the common good. In this challenging time of lockdown, teach us, O Lord, what it means to love our neighbour as ourselves, so that the values of your kingdom may be seen to shine in the darkness. We ask all these things in and through the name of Jesus, the word who dwelt amongst us, full of grace and truth. Amen. And now our final song is one of trust in the eternal word who speaks peace in the world, even whilst all around is still turbulent. We ask for the grace to keep listening out for his voice and to keep resting in his promises. The song is, It Is Well With My Soul.
0: Blessed assurance control For He sees every weakness And knows every fear And has shed His own blood For my soul It is well with my soul world take their toll in the heat of the day there is grace enough to save assurance control for he sees every weakness and knows every fear and has shared So.
2: Now for the blessing. May the love of the Father, the tenderness of the Son, and the presence of the Spirit gladden your heart and bring peace to your soul this day and all days. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining
0: with us. Hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to welcoming you once again to
1: Ararat Baptist Church.